right, man, it's good to be here today to share God's Word with you. I hope you have enjoyed the worship, the singing. It has been a real blessing and uh, exciting to know we're going to be able to be back in person next week. I'm really jacked up about that and glad of that. And so we'll be looking forward to that. But today, I want you to take your Bibles and turn with me to the book of Acts, the book of Acts chapter number 7. Uh, we're continuing uh, in our series on forgiveness, being able to forgive, being able to let go. Uh, so turn with me to Acts chapter number 7. And if you don't mind, if you don't mind, if you're watching by way of uh, uh, the web, watching by way of uh, Facebook or uh, social media, if you don't mind, if you will take and, and share that, uh, just hit that share button down there. And also let me know that you're watching. Let me know who you are and where you're watching from. We've got people watching from uh, all over the country and it's just an encouragement to know that, that it's, it's being a blessing and helping folks. So if you don't care, let us know where you're watching from and also hit that share button with it uh, this morning. If you will look in Acts chapter number 7 and uh, we're going to look in verse number 54. Acts chapter 7 in verse 54, Here, here's, let me just give you a, a little preview. Uh, we have this, in, in this particular story, we have Stephen. Uh, uh, Stephen is a man of God, a, a man full of favor of God. Uh, in, in, in order to get uh, all that you need to get out of this, I encourage you to go back and read chapter 6 and chapter 7 together. Read both of those together. And you will get the full, complete story. And uh, we're going to take some verses out of chapter 6 to help you today. And, uh, and, and basically what we're going to read is probably one of the greatest examples of giving forgiveness and letting go of a trauma, tragedy, uh, a, a painful situation. Probably anywhere in the Bible besides the Lord Jesus when he forgave those that was nailing him to a cross. Uh, but humanly speaking, just human, not, not, not Jesus, not all God, all man, but all man, uh, we have this example given to us. And, and as I looked at it, I wondered, how did he do that? Man, how did he, how, how did he, how did he let that go? And how did he forgive with no anger, no animosity, no, no seeking to avenge what they were doing to him? And man, as you read these chapters, you'll see some things come to light uh, that I believe will help you. Sometimes we just need a little help. Sometimes we know what we need to do. We know we need to let it go. We know we need to forgive those who's hurt us and those who uh, maybe cause trauma in our life. But sometimes we just need some help. And so I want to share that with you today. The help is on the way. All right. Acts chapter number seven. And let's look in verse number 54. Acts chapter 7, verse 54. Stephen has preached. He has been falsely accused. That's one, that's one strike against him. He's being falsely accused and lied about. And he has defended his cause. He's defended his case admirably and, and shown that he was innocent. But yet they come against him and they kill him. They stone him to death. They come against him and, and they are so angry and they're so full of hatred and, and they come and gnashing their teeth, they strike out against him. And that's where we're at right here, okay? Verse 54, when they heard these things, they were cut to the heart and they gnashed on him with their teeth. But he, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God and said, Behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. Then they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears. They, they said, We can't take it any longer. We don't want to hear any of this. They stopped their ears and, uh, and said and cried out with a loud voice. They ran upon him with one accord and cast him out of the city and stoned him and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at a young man's feet whose name was Saul. And they stoned Stephen calling upon God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Now watch this now. Watch this. Verse 60. And he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, I, I, you know, I, 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 
for some reason, I, I, don't, I don't think he cried with a loud voice so that God way up in heaven could hear him. I don't believe that's what it was about. I believe he cried with a loud voice so they could hear him. He wanted them to know that he was forgiving them and letting it go. He kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. He fell asleep. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, there are so many things that I want to say today, so many things that I want to cover Uh, Lord, you know the time that we have, and I I desperately need you to guide every word that I say. There are people watching all over the country, Lord. They're watching, and they're hurting, and they're needing help. Uh, Lord, they're struggling with pain and struggling with difficulty. They're struggling with unforgiveness and being able to let go of things that's happened to them in their past. Lord, I pray today will be a breakthrough. I pray today will be a day of healing. I pray today will be a day that they can learn how to let it go. Lord, I pray that your perfect will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We find this man, Stephen, who was, who was a good man. He was a, a, a man who was a blessing to his community, who did great things for those around him. Go read all of chapter 6 and, and you will see the blessings that he, he brought to his community and his people. And yet he was uh, betrayed and done in such a wrong way, lied about, uh, false witnesses came against him. Uh, uh, people were so bitter about his preaching and so bitter about uh, uh, his ministry and angry that they took him out, drug him out of the city and stoned him to death. They threw rocks at him till he died. That stony. I can't think of a more horrific way to die. I can't think of a, 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 a more a traumatic event to take place in someone's life. How painful, how difficult, how, how scary that must have been. But yet, in the midst of the, the very act of their vengefulness, in, in the very act of their, uh, 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 their, their anger and their, their vitriol against Stephen, he forgave them. He forgave them. He let it go while it was happening. Man, as you read that and think, how could he do that? How was it possible for Stephen to forgive the very people who took his life? Well, if you'll look, look with me, and we're going we're gonna, to, I got three points, and, and really there's so much in the, in the first point I, I, I want to share, and we may extend this to, uh, th- this to next week for this particular one, uh, but I want you to see, if you're taking notes, write this down. I want you to see the source, the source that he employed, okay, write that down, the source that he employed. We need to know where his help come from. We need to know where his support came from. What gave him the strength? What gave him the ability? What gave him the help to be able to really, in in a lot of people's eyes, do the impossible, forgive those that has hurt him? Well, number one, I want you to write this down. I want you to see the scriptures. I want you to see the scriptures. He was well versed in the scriptures. Now, if you will go back to chapter number seven, And you will read his account of his defense, if you will. When they were were trying him and holding him uh, and trying to convict him of blasphemy. I want you to look what he did. And we see in chapter number 7, giving his defense, he quotes Genesis 12.1. He quotes Genesis 15.14, Exodus 3.12. Exodus 1, 5, Exodus 2, 14, Exodus 3, 6, and 15, Exodus 3, 5, 7, 8, and 10, Exodus chapter 2, verse 14, Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 15, Exodus chapter 32, uh, 1 and 23, Amos chapter 5, verse 25 through 27, Psalm 132, verse 5, and Isaiah 66, 1 and 2. Now, you say, preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying he had the support 
of the scriptures. He knew God's word. He had been abiding in the scriptures. He knew the scriptures. He he studied the scriptures. He meditated on the scriptures. He was able to, now I'm not talking about he's not looking these up to give an answer. He was quoting these things. Now, I want to show you this. Psalms 119 verse 11. Psalms 119 verse 11 says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Now, how does, this, how does this apply to what we're studying about unforgiveness and holding grudges? Unforgiveness and not offering to forgive the people that's hurt you is a, a black, black sin. It's one of the worst sins in the Bible. You are more like God. You're never more like God than when you forgive. You're never more like Satan when you refuse to offer forgiveness. Listen, forgiveness is at the very core of the gospel. There is such great penalties on those who will not forgive because it's that important. It's that much of a priority to God that his children be forgiving people. And with that being said, it says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Why do I need to put God's word in my heart? Why do I need to read it? Why do I need to study it? Why do I need to memorize it? Because it helps me have power not to sin. It has power that it gives me not to hold a grudge. It gives me power to be able to offer forgiveness and not be in a sinful state of unforgiveness. Look what it says. Psalms 119.18 My soul melteth for heaviness. Watch this now. My soul melteth for heaviness. Strengthen thou me. This is the psalmist now. He's saying I need some help. I need some strength. My soul is heavy. I'm in a bad way. I'm, I'm having a difficult time. Strengthen thou me according to thy word. What is he saying? Give me something out of your word to strengthen me. Give me something out of your word to help me. Give me something out of your word to give me strength to get through my difficulty. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm telling you this. There is power in the scriptures. You cannot ignore your Bible. You cannot neglect your Bible because this word is powerful. It is powerful. It will help you. It will give you strength to do what you think you can't do. You got proof of that? Watch this. One more verse on this point. John chapter number 15. John chapter number 15 verse 7. Watch this. This is very powerful. Jesus is speaking. Jesus is speaking. Watch what he says. If ye abide in me and my, what's that word? My words abide in you. The scriptures, the verses, the chapters. If my words abide in you. Watch what he says. Ye shall ask what ye will and it shall be done unto you. Now if it's a lie, Jesus told it. He said, if you will abide in his word and let his word abide in you, that means the word abide means to dwell in. It means to continue in, to hang out in. It means to read it. It means to learn it. It means to memorize it. If you will spend time in the scriptures, listen, get off the internet and get off, listen, Facebook, get off of the TV, get out of the magazines, get out of all the other things that takes away from your time with God and get in God's word. Read the scriptures because there's power in the word. Man, verse after verse after verse after verse after verse, Stephen quoted, Stephen had the power of of the scriptures. He had the power of the scripture. Now this is important. When you hear the next two, when you hear the next two, uh, you're going to find out that the scriptures are the only thing you can tangibly see, touch, physically have here on this earth. The only tangible, touchable, seeable help you're going to get to be able to forgive somebody that's hurt you is your Bible. And it's the only help you need. Listen, it will give you power. It will give you power. But not only that, 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 he had more help than that. 
He had more help than just the scriptures that illuminated his mind. He had more help than just the scriptures that gave him strength and power to be able to accomplish what he needed to do. Because there's power in his word. Listen, he had also the spirit. He had also the spirit. Look what it says. Acts chapter 7 verse 55. When they drug him out of the city. When they drug him out of the city to stone him and they begin to throw stones after stones after stones. Listen, bones begin to break, skin begin to cut. He begin to bleed from everywhere. And look what the Bible says, Acts 7.55. But he being full of the Holy Ghost. But he being full of the Holy Ghost. Now you say, preacher, what are you saying? I'm telling you. He had the power of the Spirit inside of him to be able to say what he said. They were stoning him. They were brutalizing him. They were in the very act of taking his life, but yet under the power and the direction and the guidance of the Holy Spirit, he was able to let it go. He was able to forgive them and say, Lord, don't hold this sin to their charge. Now, I wonder why that is. Look what it says in uh, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16. It says that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, watch this now, to be strengthened, say that with me, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. Do you see that? That, that we see that we can be strengthened on the inside by the spirit of God in our inner man. Preacher, how was he able to let it go? Because the Holy Spirit was giving him strength. The Holy Spirit was giving him power. So you see, you not only, you not only have the tangible, touchable, seeable, listen, scriptures in front of you, but you have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. You have a power. Listen, the same power that brought Jesus back from the grave is inside of you. The same power who spoke this world into existence is inside of you. Listen, don't neglect the power of the Holy Spirit. Don't, don't, listen, don't make the mistake of not utilizing the power that God has given you on the inside. You have, you have help in front of you. You have help inside of you. Now, how do, we, how do we utilize that? We said that? we said that we utilize the Scriptures by abiding, by studying, by reading, by, by spending time in, in the Scriptures, looking up verses that have to do with our problem, looking up verses that will encourage us to believe and have faith. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Listen, the Scriptures will help us by, by giving us the power we need. But we got to abide in them. So how do we how do we utilize how do we utilize the power of the Spirit? This is by listen. Stay with me. This is important. I told you how to use the Scriptures to give you power by abiding in them, staying in them, reading in them, spending time in God's Word. But how do we utilize the power of the Spirit? We utilize the power of the Spirit by yielding. By yielding. Now I know nobody likes that word. Because everybody likes to do what they want to do. They want it their way and, and, and I understand that. But you'll never experience the power of the Holy Spirit like you can till you fully surrender to Him. And I didn't say, I didn't say get saved. There's a lot of people that's, that say, but yet they're not fully surrendered. They have not completely died to self and what they want. To say, God, not my will, but thy will be done. The Bible says, <clears throat> the Bible says in, in Romans chapter number 12, I beseech you therefore, brethren, this is how you yield to God. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. What does that mean? That means there needs to come a time in your life that you come to God and say, God, I'm sold out. I'm, I'm all in. Uh, Lord, not my will, but thy will be done. Because see, what it means to be filled with the Spirit. 
or to be full of the Holy Ghost. It doesn't, it doesn't mean we get a bunch of him. Okay, that's not what that means. The moment you got saved, you were indwelled by all of the Holy Ghost. In other words, you got all of the Holy Ghost. But when you are filled with the Holy Ghost, that means he has all of you. He has all of you. Filled means influenced by, controlled by, if you will. He says, don't be drunk with wine, but be ye filled with the Spirit. When you're drunk with wine means you're influenced by the alcohol. You're being controlled by the alcohol. The words that you say, the actions that you do are, are influenced, are controlled by the alcohol. In the same, in the same uh, manner, we see that when you are filled with the Spirit, you are controlled by the Spirit. You are influenced by the Spirit. And let me tell you this, ladies and gentlemen, the Holy Spirit is a perfect gentleman. He's, gonna, he's not going to force anything on you, but He will lead you, He will guide you, and you have to yield to His direction. you got to be yielding. The only way to be full of the Holy Ghost is to be fully surrendered. That's what that means. To be fully surrendered to what He tells you to do. To be fully surrendered to where He tells you to go. To be fully surrendered to do what He commands you to do. What does it mean that Stephen was full of the Holy Ghost and he said, lay not this into their charge? That means he was completely submitted, surrendered, and yielded to whatever the Holy Spirit led him to say or do. What does that mean? That means this, if somebody's hurt you, the Holy Spirit will lead you to say, you're forgiven. Let it go. Well, I'm not doing that. That that means you're full of yourself. You have not died to yourself. You're still in the garden of Gethsemane. You're still in the place of, of, listen, struggling with God and saying, this is what I want. This is what I want. See, Jesus was there. Jesus was there in the garden. He said, he said this. He said, I know, I know you can do all things, Father. If there be any other way, if there be any other way, he said, but nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. You know what you're saying when you refuse to forgive? I want what I want. You haven't died to self. You haven't come and offered yourself on that sacrifice to be a living sacrifice. That's all that means. That's all that means. God doesn't want you to physically die. He wants you to die to yourself. He wants you to die to what you want. He wants you to die to your desires so you can have all that he has to offer you. You'll never experience the power of God in your life. You'll never experience the ability and the power and the strength you need to let it go until you stop your desires and say, not my will, but thy will be done. How do we utilize the scriptures? By abiding in it, by reading it, by spending time in his word. How do we utilize the power of the spirit? By yielding and saying, not my will, not my will. You know, you know that you're not doing that if you're refusing to forgive. Because it's a direct command in scripture to forgive. And if you are following the leadership of the Holy Spirit, you will forgive because he commands us to do it. Now let's, let's, just, let's, just, let's just be honest. Let's just be frank this morning. Let's just be straight. Now, we're not going to get any help unless we just be straight, okay? We can't be political about this. We can't beat around the bush. We can't be dainty and sensitive. If you're refusing to forgive, it's about what you want. It's not about what God wants. It's about what you want. You're admitting and saying it's what I want Not what you want. But if you'll say, Lord, not my will, but thine be done. Now, I know that's hard. I know that's hard to hear. But I'm going to share with you in just a couple minutes what comes if you will do that. If you will let God just do what he wants to do and say, God, it's not what I want anymore. I totally died of myself. Crucify, Lord, my ambitions. Crucify my desires and crucify what I want so I could have what you want in my life. Now, we're looking at the source, remember? The source he employed. Where did he get the help he needed? From the scriptures. He got the help he needed from the spirit on the inside. The scriptures on the outside. 
the spirit on the inside, but there's another. There's somebody else. The Bible says, the Bible says that he looked up into heaven. He looked up into heaven and saw Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father. What does this mean? It means that we have a Savior on our side. We can get help from the Scriptures. We can get help from the Spirit. But there's somebody above us who is there to help us. Everywhere in the New Testament, after Jesus resurrected and went to heaven, it says He's sitting at the right hand of the Father, sitting at the right hand of the Father, sitting at the right hand of the Father. But guess what? When one of His children need Him, when one of His children is in a desperate way, when one of His children is in a difficult situation and they need some extra help, guess what? Jesus will stand up on your behalf. Not only was he getting help from the scriptures he was quoting, he was getting help from the spirit on the inside. He has the scriptures on the outside. He has the spirit on the inside. Listen, and he has the Savior in heaven above him who is standing for his sake, standing for his help, and he's interceding on his behalf. What is Jesus doing up in heaven? Is he just chilling? Is he, is he just waiting uh, for us to get there? No, The Bible says he ever liveth to make intercession for us. That means he's up in heaven talking to the father on your behalf. He's talking to the father saying, help my child. Give my child strength. Give my child the help he needs so he can be able to let go of that painful situation. You've got somebody in heaven who's powerful, who is praying for you. You remember what what he told Peter? You remember what he told Peter? He said, Peter, Satan had desired to have thee, he may sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for thee. I have prayed for thee. Peter, you're going to go through a difficult time. You're going to go through a heartbreaking situation. You're going to go through something that you think is going to kill you, and you think it's just going to break you to the point of, of no use from me. And the Bible says when he denied Christ, listen, he went out and wept bitterly. You study that out. That means he wept so hard, he wept to the point he didn't have no tears. But he said, I prayed for you. You're going to be all right. Ladies and gentlemen, Jesus is in heaven praying for your help, praying for your strength, praying for your power that God would give you the ability to let it go. Give you the ability to let it go. Now, I hope you understand that you have the scriptures in front of you. You have the Holy Spirit's power inside of you. You have a wonderful Savior in heaven who's standing up for you. He's standing on your behalf. But you've got to come to the place where you say, not my will anymore, Lord. I want what you want for my life. Because in order to receive all the power that you need to be able to do what you need to do, you have to yield to what God wants. You can't hold on. You've got to say, not my will, but thy will be done. Amen? We see the source, the source that he employed. He employed the scriptures. He employed the Holy Spirit. He employed the Savior. He looked up and seen Jesus standing on his behalf. But then I want you to write this down. This is so good. I want you to, I want you to look number two. <clears throat> I want you to see this. This, this, is, this is critical. When you do those things that we just said. And by the way, I forgot to tell you. We utilize the scriptures by continuing, by abiding, right? By spending time in his word. Now, now let's say that. Let's say that so we'll remember this. We get the power from the word, the scriptures, by spending time in it, by abiding, by abiding. Say that with me, by abiding, all right? We utilize the power of the spirit on the inside of us by yielding, okay? By yielding, by saying, not my will, but thy be done. Come to that altar and listen. He says, uh, 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 I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. That means you die to yourself and say, not my will, but thy will be done. So we utilize the power of the Holy Spirit by yielding. And, and then we, we utilize the power of the Son, the Savior, Jesus in heaven, by looking. Write that down. By looking. The Bible says he looked steadfastly into heaven. The psalmist said, the psalmist said, I will look to the hills from which cometh my help. 
My help cometh from the Lord. You know what that means? Quit looking at conferences. Quit looking at books. I see people posting all the time. Oh, such and such wrote a good book about forgiveness. Or such and such wrote a good article about such and such. Listen, stop looking at man. Stop looking at what's here on earth. And look to Jesus. Look to Jesus. I, I, one, of the, one of the most difficult times I had to preach was in a, in a place in Florida one time. Uh, I'm not going to go into the details, but I really, 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 really needed God's help and God's power to preach that morning. And, and man, as I was praying at, at the, uh, in my room before I went over uh, to the services, I was, I was sitting there and I was begging God. I said, Jesus, please help me. Please help me today. Please help me. I was looking to him. I was looking to him. I wasn't looking to anything this earth had to offer to help me. I knew if I was going to get help, it was going to come from him. And I said, Jesus, please help me. I was looking unto Jesus. And let me tell you something. Oh, my soul. I don't, I don't, I don't think I've ever preached like that before or after. It was an amazing, amazing situation. I felt the power of God on me like I'd never felt before. You know why? Because I looked to him. I said, God, I need you. I'm not, I'm not, Lord, as humbly as I know how, I need you. I was looking to him. Some of y'all will not look to him because you already know what he wants and you don't want to do what he wants you to do, so you won't even look. Well, if you're tired of the burden, if you're tired of the pain, Listen, if you're tired of of carrying around all of this bitterness and all of this anger and all of this frustration, listen, you won't look up till you're tired of looking down. But if you're at a place where you're ready, you're ready to, listen, to, to, to let go of all of this that you've been carrying around, look up. Look up. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Where, where, where does that come from? It comes from Hebrews. You know what the Bible says? Let us lay aside the weight, the weight and the sin that does so easily beset us. Some of you are, your, your Christian walk is, is being detoured and you're stumbling and you're falling. Not because, not because you're not going the right direction, but you're carrying a weight. You're carrying a weight of bitterness. You're carrying a weight of anger. You're carrying a weight of frustration. You're carrying a weight of, of, of fatigue and depression and all of these things because of your lack of forgiving someone that hurt you. You know, what, you, know what, you know what the word says? Let us lay aside that weight. You know, there's some things that you could do for God that you can't do right now because you're carrying a weight. You're carrying a heavy burden. But the Bible says let us lay aside the weight and the sin that does so easily beset us. How do we do that? How do we lay that aside? The Bible says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. The one that started. I tell you how to lay that weight aside. Look to Jesus. Look what he did for you. Look at the example he gave you. They're nailing him to a cross and he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Listen, look to him. Look to him. Just cry out. Say, God, help. Jesus, help me. Help me do what I know I need to do. Well, when you utilize the scriptures and and you yield to the Holy Spirit, his guidance and his leadership and obey him, it just means do what he tells you to do. Do what he leads you to do. When you look to Jesus and say, help, help, this is what you're going to get. This is what you're going to get, three things. Three things that I see. You got to go back to chapter number six and, and read through chapter number six. Listen. The first thing that I see in chapter number six, we see, and by the way, by the way, now listen, listen, this is important. This is important. Uh, these things that I'm telling you right now, utilizing the scriptures, utilizing the Holy Spirit, utilizing the Savior, this can't be, this can't be a patch situation. Now, there's some people right now watching me. You ain't been in church and I, I don't know when. You haven't opened your Bible and I don't know when. But you're hurting. You're broken. You're tired of feeling the way you're feeling. Listen, you're burdened down with frustration, fatigue, depression. You're eat up with bitterness. It's eating you from the inside out. 
But you can't just come and say, okay, I need this fixed and then go back. Do you realize that him being full of the Holy Ghost was a lifestyle? It wasn't just something he did. He didn't just submit in the moment. It was something that he did his whole entire Christian life. He was submitted in chapter 6. He was submitted in chapter 7. He was submitted to the Holy Spirit. That's why he could do what he did. All I'm saying is this. You can't use this as a patch or a band-aid. You can't just, oh, just run to God and say, okay, I'm going to do this and then I'm going to go back out and lit. That's not the way this works. Do you realize that if we were living this way before you were ever hurt, that you would have been able to let that go immediately? You would have been able to make that decision immediately. Watch this. How do I know that? Because Stephen did. Stephen didn't wait to the moment to be full of the Holy Ghost, to submit to the Holy Ghost. He lived his life that way. It was a continual continual act. Every day he got up, he said, Lord, I submit to you. I surrender to you. And so being full of the Holy Ghost, there were some things that he had. First off, write this down. He had faith. He had faith. Write that down. Write that down. The Bible says in in Acts 6, 5, And the saying pleased the whole multitude. Watch this now. And they chose Stephen, a man full of of, what's that word? Faith. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Ghost. You know what being submitted to the Holy Ghost gives you? Faith. You know what abiding in the scriptures give you? Faith. The Bible says faith cometh by hearing and hearing by what? The word of God, right? So when we spend time in the scriptures, it builds our faith. The Holy Spirit strengthens our faith from the inside. The the Son in heaven, the Savior, Jesus is praying for our confidence. That's what he said. When thou art converted, uh, uh, Peter, I have prayed for thee that thy what? Faith fail not. Do you see that? All three of these are working together to give us faith. Now you say, what does faith have to do with the ability to let it go? Because you got to believe you can you got to believe God that He will heal you if you do. you got to believe that the pain will go away the moment, the instant that you let it go, the moment that you say, not my will, but thy will be done, the moment that you utilize God's power in your life to forgive that pain and that wound, the moment you got to believe that it's going to be better. Some of you are living a lie. You think if that person will hurt like I hurt, then I'm going to feel better. That's a lie. That's a myth from the devil. That's why you're seeking revenge. That's why you're trying to get somebody to pay for what happened to you. But let me tell you something. They can go through the most tragic pain and suffering, and you will not feel better. You will still feel pain and hurt. The only thing that's going to heal your wound is forgiveness. The only thing that's going to heal your wound is forgiveness. But guess what? You've got to believe it. You've got to have faith that it'll happen. You've got to have confidence and assurance. You know, I, I, I talk to people all the time. I talk to people all the time. And when I say, I say, listen, you need to forgive this person that's hurt you. You, you, know, you want the number one response is, you know what the number one response is? I don't think I can do it. They have no confidence. They don't believe they are able to do what needs to be done. But guess what? Go spend some time in God's Word. Spend some time in prayer, communing with the Holy Spirit. Beg God, beg Jesus in heaven to help you and give you the power you need. And guess what? Your confidence is going to grow. Your faith is going to grow. And I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to tell you this. I've I've heard some horrific stories. I've heard some horrific stories of great trauma and tragedy in people's lives and, and, and to the point that I'm thinking to myself, man, I want to go injure the person that's, that's hurt this person. And, and I know it takes great faith. But guess what? God can help you with that. And Stephen had that. He went to the Scriptures he utilized the Spirit, and, and, and he looked up and seen Jesus, and because of all these things working in his life, he had great faith. The Bible says he was full of faith. He had belief, and faith is just belief. It's assurance. It's confidence. 
Let's be honest. How many of you are confident you can let it go? You're not that confident or you wouldn't be listening to this message right now. But if you need more confidence, if you need more assurance, listen, you know what to do. So we see faith. He had great faith. He was full of faith. But what else? What else? The Bible says. It says he was a man of great power. You see, faith is assurance, belief, confidence. But power is the ability to do whatever it is you need done. The Bible says 6, Acts chapter 6, verse 8. And Stephen, full of faith and what? Power. Stephen, full of faith and power. So what does that mean? If we go to the source, those three things, the scriptures, the spirit, and the savior, if we go to that, we're going to get faith. We're going to get confidence. We're going to get the assurance we need to do what we need to do. But then we're going to get power. We're going to get the ability. Some of y'all are so weak right now. You're so anemic right now. You can't even hold your head up. But listen, there is power that God can give you to stand up boldly and with confidence and say, I'm letting this go. I'm forgiving this situation. I'm forgiving this person. I'm just letting it go. They no longer owe me anything. They don't owe me anything. I'm leaving all that to God. He can handle it. You need the power. I don't think I can. You don't have confidence. I don't think I can. You don't have power, but you can get it. Stephen, full of the Holy Ghost, he was full of faith and he was full of power. He had the strength he needed to let it go and forgive the people who were taking his life. He had the power he needed. But not only that, not only that, the Bible says he had wisdom. He had wisdom. He had faith, assurance, confidence, belief. He had power. That means strength and ability. Then he had, he had wisdom. Now, what, what, why is wisdom necessary? Because you need to know what to do and when to do it. You need to know what to do and when to do it. You need to know what steps to take. And God will give you wisdom. The Bible says this. In Acts chapter number 6 verse 10. And they were not able to resist the wisdom. See that? The wisdom and the spirit by which he spake. The wisdom and the spirit by which he spake. Now listen, watch this. Let me go over those verses again. Acts 6 5 says he was full of faith and the Holy Ghost. He was full of faith and the Holy Ghost. Acts 6, 8, he was full of faith and power. Acts 6, 10, he had wisdom and they couldn't resist the spirit by which he spake. Preacher, what are you saying? There's a connection there with all of them. When he submitted to the Holy Spirit and he's saying, not my will, but thy will be done. He got faith, confidence, assurance. He was full of faith. And because his submission to the Holy Spirit, he was full of power. He had the strength to do it. He had the strength to do it. Well, preacher, I just don't have the power to forgive that person that hurt me. Then then you're not submitted. You're not surrendered following and being full of the Holy Ghost. Because if you're full of the Holy Ghost, you'll have the power to do it. You'll have the wisdom you need to know what to do and when to do it. You'll have the wisdom to know what to say. What steps to take. Listen, faith, power, and wisdom. How many of you today could use those things? I think we all could say amen right there. I need faith. I need confidence. I need assurance. I need to know I can do this. I need to believe that I can do this. I need to believe that God's got all this under control. I need to believe that that my pain will be healed. My wound will be healed the moment that I let it go. The moment that I let it go. But then thirdly, we not only see what I say, let's look at the points again. Number one, we see the source he employed. The source, where did he go to for his help? The scriptures, the spirit on the, the scriptures on the outside, the scriptures on the, or spirit on the inside, and the Savior in heaven, above him. But then, what was number two? What was number two? The support he experienced. What did he get from doing those things? He got faith, power, and wisdom. Say it with me. Faith, power, and wisdom. Now I want you to write this number three. This is really good. This is really good. 
I want you to see the success that he enjoyed. The success that he enjoyed. Look in verse 55. The Bible says, now this is in the very act, the very moment. Imagine this, put this in your head. Put this in your head. Now keep, you you got to read it like it is. He has probably been knocked down a couple times because they're throwing rocks at him. They, they, by tradition, they would push you off a little cliff, a little 10 foot ledge. And if you didn't die, they'd drop, try to drop a boulder on your chest. And basically, they just keep throwing stones at you till you perished. And so he's probably got broken bones and he's probably bleeding. And in the very act of it happening, the Bible says he looks up and he sees the glory of God. What did he receive? What did he experience? He experienced grace. They're screaming. Now think about this. They're gnashing their teeth. They're biting their teeth like wild animals. And they're full of vitriol, full of anger, full of animosity. And he's right in the middle of this crowd all by himself. And he's not upset. He's not freaking out. He's not a nervous wreck. He's not trying to... He looks up and sees the glory of God. God gives him grace. To go through what he's going through. God gives him grace to to experience what he's experiencing. He's going through this situation in a calmness that can't even be explained. He got grace. He enjoyed God's grace in his traumatic situation. But B, write this down. Not only do we see the grace that he received. I want you to see the forgiveness. The forgiveness he was able to give. The forgiveness that he was able to give. He said, lay not this sin to their charge. With a loud voice, remember? With a loud voice, he wanted them to know, hey, I forgive you. I forgive you. They're full of hate. And because he was submitted to the Holy Spirit, he was full of love. They was full of animosity. They were full of vengeful hate and violence. And he was full of love and mercy, compassion and caring. You see, he enjoyed forgiveness. He enjoyed grace. He enjoyed grace. But then he also, this is, a, this is really good too. He enjoyed influence. He enjoyed influence. You say, preacher, what are you talking about? This may be the most important. This may be the most important part of the story. Do you realize there was a young man there by the name of Saul? There was a young man there by the name of Saul, who we know as the Apostle Paul, who ended up being a a writer of scriptures in your Holy Bible, probably the greatest missionary that ever walked, who who, who God just utilized in an incredible way. But guess what? He stood there and heard Stephen say, Father, forgive them. Lay not the sin to their charge. And let me tell you, that had a profound effect on this young man named Saul. So how do you know? Because he testified of the fact in Acts chapter number 22 that this was something that he remembered in his testimony and what was there. He never forgot what happened to Stephen and Stephen's response to it. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Do you see that? Do you realize that there are people that you can influence for the good that you never know the impact on on this world that you can have because they're watching how you're going to respond to your pain. They're watching how you're going to respond to your wound. I wonder how many people will be influenced by your unforgiveness or by your forgiveness. I wonder the influence that they're going to have on them by watching you be more like Satan by not forgiving or being more like God by forgiving. Stephen never got to see it with his own eyes. But you can believe every single believer that come to Christ through the ministry of the Apostle Paul has Stephen to thank for the influence that he had in his dying moment being able to forgive the people 
who were taking his life. Preacher, you mean to tell me I will influence those around me by my forgiveness of those who hurt me? That's exactly what I'm saying. You may influence your children. You may influence your family. You may influence your neighbor. You may influence your co-worker because they've seen you being done wrong. They've seen the hurt that's been caused you. They've seen who hurt you and they're waiting to see what you're going to do. He enjoyed influence. Then lastly, then lastly, I love this one. I love this one because this is what all of us are needing and looking for. He enjoyed peace. He enjoyed peace. What do you mean? The Bible says, watch this now. Watch this. Let me, let me go back. You got to get this. Please, I hope you're still tuning in. I hope you hadn't gotten mad and quit. This is important. Please don't miss this. Verse 60. Verse 60. And he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice. Watch what he cried. Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. Watch this now. He's saying, I let it go. I don't hold them accountable to me. I'm forgiving them. I'm letting this go. Watch this now. Watch this. Stay with me. This is the most important part. Watch this now. The moment, the moment he let it go, he experienced peace. The Bible says he fell asleep. Preacher, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? Do you realize, do you realize the way that the Word of God is, is letting us know this happened? He just fell asleep. He's being stoned. They're throwing rocks at him. But he was at such peace. It was as if he just went off to sleep. He experienced peace. Do you see that? I mean, in the very same verse, in the very same moment that he let it go. He experienced the greatest peace probably that he ever experienced in his life. Peace. Do you need peace this morning? Are you tired of the turmoil? Are you tired of the frustration? Are you tired of the pain? Are you tired of the bitterness? Are you tired of the burden? Then let it go. Say, Jesus, help me. Go to the scriptures and spend time in God's word. Look up verse, and I may, I may talk about that next week, how to do that in more detail to help you. But I'm telling you this by the authority of God's word. You'll never experience peace. You'll never experience healing. You'll never experience the power of God's grace till you be obedient to the command to forgive the one that hurt you. You've got to quit saying it's what I want. It's what I desire. It's what I deserve. Jesus already taught us a couple weeks ago that all of us deserve hell. All of us deserve hell. It's not what I want. It's what he wants. I pray for you today. I want to pray right now for all you that are hurting and all you that are carrying this burden. I pray that you'll make a choice today to say no more. I'm not carrying this another day. I'm not carrying this another single minute. Father, with your help, I'm letting this go. And I pray that you'll experience that same grace. I pray that you'll experience that same peace. 